Tanya. Welcome to episode nine of Adult ADHD. My journey to self-discovery and getting a diagnosis. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. This podcast will probably, let's face it, contain explicit language. So, uh, apologies in advance. Plug, plug, plug. Um, If you want to follow me on Instagram, I am going to get better at Instagram. I know I'm absolutely shit at it at the moment. It's on my to-do list. Um, I do take my to-do list very seriously. So, you know, I do write them. I love to cross that shit out on them. And I am that person who, if I do do something that isn't on my to-do list, I then like to write it on my to-do list just to then immediately cross it out because it feels like I've achieved something. So when it is on my to-do list, I'm just, oh, you know, like I've gone from being quite a needy individual, constantly needing attention, validation, someone to talk to, company, blah, 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 blah. I've gone from that. And then since I've been on the medication, I've kind of been like, well, I've suddenly become impossible to bloody speak to because I'm trying to work out the meds and the dosages have been chopping and changing and I've gone from X to Y to Z and blah, 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 blah. So I've kind of been a bit all over the shop. So now I've become a really shit communicator. Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm hoping I'm going to level out to being a happy medium because that's what we all want, right? Um, So that is on my to-do list, my Instagram. But please follow me anyway. I mean, it'll give me a bit of a boost to actually get that shit done uh, it's at adult underscore adhd underscore journey facebook's at adult adhd journey or if you'd like to send me an email i just set one of those up crossed off that list it's just adult dot adhd dot journey at gmail dot com i mean thank you to all those people who have sent amazing messages to me the past however long I've been doing this for. Um, again, I just greatly appreciate them and they're amazing and they're a lovely little boost. And, you know, now I'm on medication, I don't need self, I don't need validation. <laughs> suddenly I'm like, I don't need no validation. I suddenly just, I don't know, feel a bit more self-love happening and I just feel like I don't need that constant reassurance. But it's just, they're still really nice to read and it's really nice to connect to people and to talk to like-minded souls such as myself. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, so first of all, I am going to share with you a couple of my favourite takeaways from my ADHD assessment. So my doctor, Dr. J, wrote a report all about me, and it's very interesting, actually. (laughs) Uh, I imagine these reports can be quite confronting to people, but let's face it, I knew all this shit already. I knew I was an absolute raving lunatic. Um, I was very aware of that, and I mean, I've been going to counselling for the past however long um I talk about how fucking batshit crazy I am all day long you know I'm very 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 aware of all of that stuff so 
nothing was new to me, nothing was surprising, nothing was upsetting or scary because, I mean, if I had an out-of-body experience and then had to write about me in a letter, I would probably write a very similar thing. So, yes. Uh, some of my favourite bits. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I love this bit. <laughs> Impulse bender tick. Relationships have been problematic. Well, yeah, no fucking shit, Sherlock, really, with that one. <laughs> Relationships have been problematic. Dating numerous people each week. <laughs> I was like, excuse me. But then everyone would be like, oh my God, how funny is this? They're like, well, it's, it's dead on. Like, he couldn't get more. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fair dues. Um, Relationships have been problematic. Dating numerous people each week. People find her too much intense and hyper. On interview, very restless and fidgety. Eye contact was limited. Katie presented as hyper but reported feeling anxious and sad on interview. So I loved that bit. Um, really loved it. Uh, it's really nice to see a psychiatrist writing <laughs> that you date a million people a week. Um, and then this bit I found really interesting as well. So... He did say I live paycheck to paycheck. Well, we all know that. MSE. Not sure what that means. History. An adult ADHD score of 23 out of 24. So, I mean, I almost got full marks. So, I'm like, woo. <laughs> 23 out of 24. Six out of six positive. Consistent with combined type ADHD with prominent impulse control. Effective dysregulation inattention and hyperactivity features rejection sensitivity dysphoria noted with interpersonal relationships female friendships and interaction with parents and authority figures throughout her life moderate depressed mood severe anxiety and stress levels moderate to severe functional difficulties in multiple life domains struggles with day-to-day -day life household chores forgetfulness financial strain relationships self-esteem study and work katie has a clear history of adhd combined type delayed sleep phase disorder binge eating disorder anxiety and depression and self-medicates with alcohol excess warranting multimodal care including continued treatment with the anti-anxiety that i take to help me sleep trial of stimulant and engagement with strategy training training slash schema therapy so there you go i mean i really need to put this on my tinder profile um because i do really feel like i, I mean it'll get me a husband in absolute no time Especially, you know, stuff like self-esteem issues, rejection sensitivity, um, you know, dysregulation, <laughs> everything, household chores, so I won't ever do the cleaning or anything like that, financial strain, so I'm going to drain you of all of your money. Uh, so yeah, I really feel like I'm going to put it on my Tinder profile for sure. 
but yeah, it was really interesting to read actually. And I found it just fascinating. And as I said, it's nothing that came as a surprise. It's nothing that's new. It's nothing that shocked me. And I actually just found it a really fascinating read. And I've sent many an audio message to my friends being like, fucking listen to this shit. (laughs) It's so funny. Anyway, so that was my report, which I got from the doctors the other day. I had to request it. They didn't just give it to me automatically. So I did actually have to go to the doctors and ask them to print it out for me. So if you have had an assessment and haven't had a report you got to go ask for it. So, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. All right. So, I went to see R, who is my counsellor, this afternoon. And I had a bit of a, <gasps> what moment on my way to her office today. And my, ah, <gasps> what moment was, oh, my God. What am I going to talk to her about? what my brain I don't know it's quiet there's nothing going on oh my god what's affecting me at the moment I'm getting used to the pills you know I'm getting used to the tablet oh my god sorry obviously I'm coming down from them now I'm exhausted but I was like I've literally got nothing to say (laughs) that's negative I mean You don't pay someone $170 for an hour to be like, everything's great. No, I don't actually need any help with anything. So we kind of use it just as an update session, really. Like, how are you going? How's the meds? What's happening? Yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, it was a bit of an unusual session for me because I didn't have a million and one life issues to talk about. I didn't have a million and one psychoanalysis, psychoanalyses to talk through and, you know, character analysis to talk through about the 25 people that I'm dating at the moment and all of this and all of that and what's happening with here. And I really like this one. I don't really like this one, but I'm doing it anyway. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing. Am I dating 25 people at once at the moment? No. Oh my God. How did I ever do it? (laughs) One thing that has changed on medication is I can't text more than one person now at once. I can't go on multiple dates with multiple people. I don't have the fucking capacity. Oh my God, all these balls that were in the air. And I was juggling and spinning all of these plates and woo, 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 woo. Because I couldn't focus on just one person. I needed the validation. I needed the, you know, reassurance. I needed to feel sexy and I needed this. None of that now. I'm literally like, oh my God, even speaking to one person, that's, that's enough. I can't, I can't date multiple people at once. Is this what it's like to be monogamous? I mean, I'm not really sure. Like, holy shit, what the fuck? (laughs) So that's something I'm kind of like, whoa, overload. So I am on online dating and I still get messages. I can't even go on it anymore. It's too, there's, there's too much. It's like when you go to the restaurant and there's 60 million things on the menu and how the fuck are you supposed to order you know what you want and you always order wrong right so you always end up ordering the wrong bloody meal and then you hate it and then you have meal envy because everyone else has ordered an amazing meal 
And then you're like, oh, God, I should have ordered that one. Oh, my God. Sorry. My cat is being the... I did actually record this podcast last night, but I hadn't been to CR, and I thought that was quite a breakthrough. Like, whoa, I had nothing to talk about. I've got to talk about having nothing to talk about. But also, oh, God, it's like these two had got into my dexamphetamines. They were high as bloody kites, yowling, crying, moaning, thumping around the place like little animals. So I'm sorry if you do hear cats in the background. They're driving me insane and I can't keep re-recording this because that's going to drive me insane. But the main takeaway from that is I actually can't date multiple people at once anymore. I don't think I've got the capacity. I don't think I've got the, the energy. I mean... I don't have less energy now I'm on my medication, but I just, I don't need to do it. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like I don't need validation anymore. I don't need to be needed. I don't need to feel sexy 24-7. I don't need to have a million people wanting it's just yeah like I need to do me and oh I don't know I don't think I've ever been so close to conventional life in my life it's amazing so yeah that's that not sure where I was going with that was that where I was going oh just that I had nothing to talk to Ruth about like yeah I didn't even have dating issues I mean what was happening <laughs> first time ever So that was really interesting, actually, to have nothing to actually be stressed and anxious about. And R actually said that to me today. She said, whoa, your anxiety has, like, dropped off a cliff. It is essentially non-existent. I mean, will I still feel anxious in my life? Of course I will. But I'm no longer anxious a hundred percent of the time I'm no longer worrying about shit and I'm no longer dress rehearsing tragedy before it's even happened or even looks like it's about to happen I'm no longer doing any of that I just feel very sane makes me feel quite insane how sane I feel (laughs) it's quite like not unsettling but just weird I mean, anxiety is all I've ever known and a life without constant grappling, gripping anxiety, taking hold of every aspect of my life, just, whoa, what the fuck? How does one survive with such calm and peace and serenity? I mean, I mean, it's not all bloody roses, like, you know, life's not great 100% of the time, and my mood's not great 100% of the time, and sometimes I can be a right grouchy bitch, and I've been a little bit grouchy when getting used to this medication, sometimes I'm like, you know, like classic example, the cats love them to death, they are my babies, yet... The past two nights when I've been trying to record this podcast, it seems like they're super calm. Soon as I press record, they're like, mommy, love me, love me, love me, give me attention. I'm like, oh my God, have we had a 
fucking personality transplant is this how annoying i used to be i'm so needy shut up and i find myself getting quite <gasps> heightened and irritable sometimes <laughs> i mean whoa so sometimes i have to really be like okay chill the fuck out bitch calm down so you know it's not all roses i mean there's some shit that comes with the great and some you have to begin to realize what is important and what isn't important to you but this lack of anxiety i mean that the perks of that are pretty fantastic actually and i think there's not much i wouldn't trade in for that apart from maybe you know dashing personality but luckily that hasn't gone anywhere do, 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 do. okay i also wanted to talk to you about singing shit i sing a lot especially when i'm tired the less sleep i've had equals the more i sing so this actually is one of those weird quirky little things that can happen with adult adhd you begin to sing stuff like this and i do it all the time i'll be like to the kids get out your writing books oh the cats hate me singing they absolutely can't stand it so i'll just be like and i always do that annoying weird la 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 da 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 and I'll be like, what are you looking at? But I'll, oh, I'm getting some right day looks right now. <laughs> uh, I just love to sing stuff. Sing instructions. Sing um, just ends of sentences as well. I like to do the ends of sentences. You may have noticed sometimes on the podcast, I just do this. It's, I don't know what makes me do it but i do it a lot i love to sing and unfortunately for everybody else i can't sing very well so whilst i sing a lot and i love it and find it so relaxing <laughs> everyone else is like oh my ears are bleeding it sounds like cats are being strangled so I suppose that's a symptom that doesn't actually really bother me. More bothers other people who don't like people who can't sing to sing. But you know what? Actually, that's not my issue. You deal with it. Uh, did I say this at the beginning? I, I can't remember what I've said today. Accents. I'm now just back into full swing. Accents constantly, 24-7. I've been watching a lot of TV dramas set in Liverpool the past couple of weeks. And now I'm just mainly speaking in a Scouse accent all of the time. And I'm loving it. And it gives me so much nostalgia. And now I just want to go back home and go visit Newcastle, go visit Liverpool, go visit all the places where I've spent the most time and just see all of my friends. So I am feeling a little bit of homesickness this week actually i just want to get back i just want to see everyone i just want to give everyone a hug and the closest i can kind of get to my family at the moment is via skype 
or via watching crime dramas based in England, which, well, the UK in general really love them all. So I'm doing a lot of that to try and get me through, but it's really brought on this accent talking like, it's never been so high. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, what's up next? Right, one thing I did speak to R about today was the fact I've kind of got over it now, but at the beginning of my diagnosis, I went through a little bit of a phase where I began to mourn or grieve essentially the life that I could have had had I had this ADHD diagnosis earlier. I began to think, oh my God, all the missed opportunities. I mean, one of my biggest issues and biggest bloody mountains that I've had in life have really, well, well, apart from the fact that my psychologist said I have, what was it, moderate moderate inability to function or whatever (laughs) in all aspects of life, one where I really found it affected me the most, no surprise here, has been my dating life. Like, God, I think, you know, I've, when I, obviously ADHD presents itself very differently in different people. And when I do talk to people, especially through this podcast, who have ha, who have adult ADHD, and they'll be like, oh, my wife's really supportive, or my husband's really supportive, or whatever. I'm just like, almost in awe of these people, because I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my God, how did you ever get to the phase of getting married? Like, oh, I don't even know how long my longest relationship's been. Nine months? 12 months? Definitely no more than 12. But we're talking, I started dating at, I don't know, 14, 15. I'm now 31. It's over half my life. And I've failed at it my whole life life. And when I got this diagnosis, I just suddenly thought, what could have been? I started to think about ex-boyfriends and ex-partners and just think, oh my God, were they the love of my life? Did I fuck it up? Was it meant to be? And that ship has now sailed and that person was my person. And now they're never going to be my person. And well, now I live on the bloody opposite side of the world. So if I met them in England, oh, that's really game over. But I just started to kind of have this, I started to grieve almost because I just saw all of these lost opportunities almost show themselves and make themselves apparent to me. And it's it's too late to do anything about most of them, or probably all of them. Well, actually, yeah, all of them. So that's been something that I have kind of really struggled with, actually, because it makes me kind of think, oh, was I pushing people away because of the ADHD and the incapability to form a successful relationship with somebody? Not because it wasn't not because it was me or not, well, it was me, actually, not because it was them, <laughs> which I often thought it was. He's just not right for me. There's something missing. I would always say there's something missing. He's not right. 
he's do this, he's do that, he doesn't give me this, or she's do whatever, whatever, whatever. But then I started to think, oh my God, what if this whole time it's all been me and these people have all been perfect and amazing and wonderful and I've just, ugh, pissed on them all, metaphorically speaking, actually. So that's something that I have really kind of been like, oh my God, So that's been a bit of a challenge, actually. But what has kind of got me over that hurdle is I started to think, well, hang on a second, right? We can go as deep or as far into this as we want to go. When you have ADHD, you're more likely to last a shorter amount of time in your job. You're more likely to last a shorter amount of time in the city that you live in. You're more prone to moving, 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 needing new things, needing new job, needing new city, needing new life, needing to change this, needing to change that. This is the problem. I'm going to change this. Helps for a while. A couple of months down the track, bam, the problem presents itself again. Oh, well, actually, last time I moved cities, that really worked. So I'm going to move cities again. Short-term fix, bam, the problems come back again. So actually... I've moved cities quite a lot. I've moved jobs quite a lot. I have, I actually blamed places when I was younger. I definitely blamed places for how I was feeling and often would just, yeah, be like, oh my God, this is the issue. And I would up and I would leave and go somewhere else. And I think now I'm realizing, oh, well, that was probably the ADHD, right? But actually, I moved to Australia. Had I have not moved to Australia, well, I wouldn't be here. Had I have not gone to the GP in Australia about my sleep because I'd had a bloody enough and had this one particular GP not said to me, oh my God, you are, you just seem very ADHD to me. Had I then not spoken to R about it, and R is in Australia, and I went to see R after a kind of messy situation with an ex-partner of mine. So had I not met that ex-partner and not found R, and then not been to my doctor, and my doctor said ADHD, and then I mentioned it to R, and she was like, yes, bitch, ADHD, absolutely. Had all of this not happened, I would not have got my assessment. Had the assessment not have happened... I wouldn't have my diagnosis. So therefore, you can, you know, like I'm saying, I'm grieving the last opportunities in my life. But actually, if I didn't do my life exactly how I did it, I wouldn't be at the point today where I'm sat on my sofa with my annoying as fuck cats, who I love, I love you. Talking about my diagnosis and how amazing my medication has become had I not had the ADHD in the, well, you get my drift, right? So, and actually what R said to me today is she said, okay, you have lived some wild, crazy, fun, amazing experiences. And actually, would those experience have hap- experiences have happened had it not be for the for the ADHD? Like you're impulsive as all hell with ADHD. You're like, yep, okay, gonna do this, done. So I just think actually, yes, I might think about lost opportunities, but actually think of the opportunities that I've gained. I came here 
I may have ended up here anyway, who knows? But actually, I am a really firm believer in the fact that everything happens for a reason. And I think it's absolutely true. And I think you gain as many new experiences as you may lose potential experiences as well. So I feel like actually, you know, you've got to take the good, the bad and the ugly. So that is that. But I found that really fascinating and really interesting. And that was quite an interesting journey because it's not all roses when you go on your medication. I've been on what, three different doses now. Um, I've been on slow release, fast release. I'm now on a mixture of both. I do slow release in the week and fast release at the weekend. Lifesaver! Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so nice not having the worry of, oh my God, I've got to get up at this time and exercise and do X, Y, Z, all before 10 o'clock because then I need to take my tablet. It's working for me. It's a relief. I feel a weight off my chest. It's lovely. It's wonderful. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. So, but you know, it's not been easy. It's not just being right. I'm going to take this pill. Bing, better. I've had to learn how to grow accustomed to different things. So I'm finding now if I do take my tablets and I am hyper, a bit hype, like focused on something, but I'm not doing anything. So I do find I need less on the weekend if I'm just not up to much is I find now I'm, I'm, I'm just becoming used to trying to be able to control where my focus is go to. So an example of that is I will go to watch something I really want to watch. And I'm like, yes, yes, I really want to watch it. But for some reason, my brain's like, oh my God, I want to play solitaire. So I'll get solitaire out on my phone and I'll like absolutely nail solitaire for an hour because I can't focus on the TV because my brain wants to focus on the solitaire. I'm not sure how to say to my brain, no, 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 no. The solitaire isn't the important thing because the TV is super important. Ooh, it's just an example. But I, it's hard to tell my brain, no, actually, no, 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 hang on. I know you want to focus. Great. But actually, don't focus on solitaire. What's telling you solitaire? Can you just look at what's in front of you, please? Or, you know, I am... Um, was hanging out with someone the other day and I saw there'd been a spillage. (laughs) Oh my God, I couldn't take my eyes off the spillage. Forget about the spillage. Who bloody cares? Just like when, just, I find it hard to say to my brain, no, no, I want you to focus on this or I want you to focus on that because it's focusing It's not always focusing necessarily on what I want it to focus on. So that's something that I definitely need to work on. And I think with this schema therapy, when the schema therapy is with the psychologist, ADHD specialist, that will be all about rewiring the brain. So maybe I'll figure out how to do that then. Because yes, another thing I am noticing, say in an intimate setting, is I'm so used to being so impulsive and being like, rah, 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 <laughs> hopefully you get my drift. Um, I'm so used to being like that. I now don't have that same, those same impulses. So I'm kind of like, oh yeah, take it or leave it, you know? Yeah, cool. 
whatever. <laughs> what? And I really missed that side of me. And I said to R today, oh my God, I loved that side of me. I've always been so proud of, you know, so welcoming and so just, yeah, happy with the way I have been in intimate circumstances. And I've always been very you know, open and honest and proud and embraced who I've been completely. And I find it's really fun to be impulsive when you're with somebody who you care about and want to be with. But I am kind of now like, oh my God, hang on. (laughs) I've got no impulses at all. Like, what do I do? Like, I've essentially just turned into the, like a fucking lamp on the bedside table. Like I just... I don't know. I'm making myself sound like I'm really boring. Actually, I'm not. Well, actually, I'm not sure. You'll have to ask the people I know. But I am struggling with... Oh, hang on a second. Yes, impulsivity can be really bloody bad. Look at my bank balance, for starters. Shocking. Look at the word vomit that comes out of my mouth and the inappropriate shit I say to people all the fucking time because I think it's funny or whatever, whatever, whatever. Or the stupid things I've done when I have had a drink. Or when I'm feeling emotionally unstable. The ridiculous essays I have sent that make me just... Oh my God, that is like 7,000 words long. And you're like, I'm not a fucking psychopath. But just listen to my thesis and listen to the evidence that I'm presenting to you today. And yes, the impulsivity and the eating and everything you know, the impulsivity can be so bad. But actually, sometimes impulsivity can be fantastic. And I need to learn how to still be me and still be sexy and still be a little bit outrageous. Like, being impulsive makes you outrageous. Outrageous can be great. Outrageous can sometimes be not great, but it can be really great. So I want to learn how to get some of my outrageous back Because at the moment, I've kind of gone from ridiculously a million percent outrageous all of the time to not really outrageous at all. So I need to learn how to, I think it's just my brain adapting to its new balance and everything's kind of, you know, working in harmony. So once I get to know myself a bit more, I'm hoping I will be able to channel my energy into particular things I want to channel it into and also you know get a bit of sass and spark and energy back I'm still very vibrant I haven't really lost myself but I want to learn how to begin to really manage myself to the best of my abilities because I've kind of gone from yeah the yes man who does everything on impulse without even thinking to now someone who's like, oh, hang on, let's just think about this. What the fuck? So yes, that's probably my biggest, one of my biggest struggles at the moment, but everything's going really, really, really well. Aside from that, I think, I can't remember. Oh, so that's it for today, I think. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope it was useful 
for somebody. But I just, yeah, I suppose the main focus for today was just to let people know that medication ain't no quick fix, but it's, you know, getting a diagnosis is definitely worth it. And it's been fantastic. But actually, you do almost go through that grieving phase about the person you could have been or the life you could have had. And you do, it does take some adjusting to go from 100 million percent 24-7 to just acting like every other Tom, Dick and Harry. So that's been really fascinating, but that is a challenge of mine, definitely. It's also a challenge to, if I'm irritable one day, or I'm in a pissed off mood, I'm like, oh, fucking tablets, oh, it's not working, the dosage isn't right. And it was my friend who was like, uh, dickhead, <laughs> not fucking happy pills 24-7, they're not going to make you feel happy all the time. Sometimes you wake up and you're pissed off, it's got nothing to do with the medication. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, I have arrived. He's just fucking happy sometimes, right? It's not the medication. And I think that's, again, something that confuses me. I almost expect the medication to make me feel happy all of the time, but that's not real life. And I think that's something really important to think about. Actually, they just balance you. You're still going to have fucking shit days. You're still going to have fantastic days. But the medication just balances. It doesn't change your mood. So that's something I'm still also getting used to. Any hoodles, have a nice day, week or whatever. And I hope you enjoyed today and I will see you next week. Bye.